The nail in the coffin! Welcome to the Nail in the Coffin. I'm Tom Valentino. He's Travis Shuley. It's Thursday night. Always my favorite day of the week to record. Trav, how are you doing, buddy? I'm Travis Shuley. I'm doing. I'm doing well, man. How are you? You know, I'm I'm all right, but uh, it's a little weird. We've got Game One of the NBA Finals on here in the background, and if I'm being honest, I think this is the first time all year that it's like really hitting me. That uh, we're in the uh, the post uh, Lebron and the Cavs in the finals era. Yeah, I, I've been this good is the with first it. the nail in the coffin where there was finals happening and the Cavs weren't involved. That's right. That's uh, that's true, and uh, it's 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 a strange feeling. Um, not gonna lie, it didn't bother me all year, but I don't know. Just this game should be happening at Oracle. We should be seeing uh, the Cavs in their road uniforms, but uh, it is what it is. It's a new day, so. Uh, Onward and upward. But uh, speaking of sports on TV, um, you know, for all the hand-wringing in town over attendance at uh, Indians games and to a lesser extent this year, Cavs games, the fact is that uh, both teams do really well compared to the rest of their respective leagues when it comes to local TV ratings. I was looking this up. uh, The Cavs ranked sixth in the NBA in local TV ratings this year, even after losing LeBron and uh, the Indians, even with their lackluster start this season, they're third in MLB local TV ratings. So anyway, when something happens with the channels that bring us the tribe and the Cavs, it's kind of a big deal. And earlier this month, news broke that Sinclair Broadcast Group was buying 21 regional Fox Sports networks, and that includes FSO and uh, STO, uh, which uh, has the Indians. Fox Sports obviously has uh, the Cavs. Um, Cleveland's own Holly Wetzel has been covering this uh, for the great sports media news website, Awful Announcing, and we wanted to bring her on tonight to help bring us up to speed on what's going on with all this and what it's going to mean for us being able to uh, watch our teams here. So, Holly, welcome. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. All right, so way back in December of 2017, Disney and Fox announced this huge deal where Fox was going to be selling off a bunch of its properties over to Disney. And that was going to include all these regional sports networks. And you and I talked about this over on the waiting for next year.com podcast. And at the time, I believe the thinking was that these were all going to become ESPN channels. Cause you know, ESPN is basically the uh, sports arm of Disney. Um, but here we are a year and a half later and it's Sinclair that's going to end up owning them. How did we get here? That's a quite the loaded question. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, back when that happened and the news came down, um, I thought, wow, ESPN is going to be uh, taking over and every, um, I'm sorry, Disney is going to be taking over every aspect, um, every channel, I think, on the dial. Um, it, it makes sense that, um, you know, the FCC stepped in and, and said, you know, they can't take over um it would be way too much um, and there wouldn't be enough competition. So it makes sense across the board um, for that reason. Um, But Sinclair was actually not even a thought um, that came into my head, at least when it came to the the possible big bidders, um, because it's just not what they do. Um, Regional sports networks, the business itself, I've always felt like a lot of people 
a lot of a, a lot of networks think that they know that it would be an easy thing to run, even if it's been owned by like the Dolans here in Cleveland um, or Yes Network. Actually, Yes Network in New York is probably one of the few very successful um, family-owned um, regional sports networks that that have that has existed. So. It's not as easy as it always looks, um, and that's the big reason why the Dolans ended up selling it back to Fox. Um, so I think that um, you know, with this Sinclair coming in, you know, they're they're obviously their big broadcast powerhouse. So it's it's throwing a wrench. They're, they're dipping their toe into a whole brand new water, um, but uh, it's going to give them an extreme amount of leverage across the board with about 200 stations. I think they own right now. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you were talking about Disney owning all the channels. It's not like Sinclair is some mom and pop outfit here. They, they're they a huge presence in terms of like yeah. owning local local TV channels and like local network affiliates in a lot of markets. I think they were at one point rumored to be getting Fox 8, but I don't think that ended up happening, right? Yeah. Well, no, and they don't. Uh, Fox 8, I believe, is Tribune, but it's just a whole new world for them, you know, like I said, regional sports network business, like I said, a lot of people think they can get into it and do it. And it would not be something that would be hard to do. Fox took a long time over many years building up their portfolio of, of getting rights across the country for all the teams out of, for the 21 regional sports networks um, and making them profitable. And eventually they ended up not being profitable. Um, and a lot of uh, networks think they can do that. And I do think that Sinclair can. I mean, they've become profitable across the board on the broadcast fine, but on stepping into the cable is something that is going to be very new for them. Who are they up against in trying to bid for these channels? Because um, I, it, I feel like I saw some names that were pretty surprising. I mean, you said you were surprised that Sinclair ended up getting it, but um, they were not the only unconventional group that was in the mix for this, right? No, I believe uh, Big Three was in, who um, Ice Cube is part owner of the Big Three. Um, Liberty and MLB had combined their bids. I really thought that MLB was going to be um, the one that was going to come out on top of this. At one time, Amazon was rumored, um, and they did kind of put their hat in the ring for part of Yes Network, which I think they ended up still getting a piece of it. Um, but uh, I really would have loved to see Amazon take it over. Um I think that would have been a really, really cool thing because of with with Prime and the way that they're broadcasting um, their their the NFL um, package on there as well, um, which at this point doesn't matter. But I and and not to say that that I don't think they're going to continue to build on that. Um, but yeah, I really thought someone like an Amazon. I did think MLB um, was going to be the player that was going to come in and take over big three. I thought was okay. Yeah. They're starting to throw their hat in the ring again. They're the kind of, I think network that thinks they'd be able to handle it. And, um, it's just a lot of work. Um, and it costs a lot of money and they ended up being, Sinclair actually got a pretty good deal. I think it was like a little over 10 billion, um, compared to what was, it was, um, estimated at, I think 15 to 20 billion. So they actually got a pretty good deal on it. It's just going to be brand new for them. Um, I know they have the tennis channel um, and it's kind of, they're going to try and operate it out of their subsidiary diamond sports group. Um, So I'm thinking that's going to be their branding for all the channels um, across the board for all the regionals. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, it'll be interesting to see what happens, I guess, because yeah, it's brand new for them. 
how how do how will this impact the average person like sitting at home right i mean it might be on a different channel as far as availability goes and every once in a while you know we see a cable company that has a conflict with one of the you know one of the channels and so, someone says it's not being fair so we don't have their channel anymore whatever it is right how do we see this impact in the person who just wants to sit at home and watch the indians or the Cavs, right how does is there going to be a major impact um not really. I mean, the only way that it would, it, there's going to be a few things that's going to change. Um, the biggest thing that's going to change is um, the negotiating of the, of the contract. So um, they're going to be able to, Fox would bundle the regional sports networks against some of the national networks when it came to um, negotiating with your, table, with your cable provider. So they would be able to leverage um, certain carriage, certain channel placement, um, certain tiering placement. When it came to, um, if say your FX channel was up at the same time as Fox Sports Ohio, or um, Big Ten Network and Fox Sports Ohio, um, so with that, that was kind of their leverage. Sinclair now is going to be able to leverage. Before they were leveraging maybe their local um, ABC or Fox affiliate channel, but they were also tying it to Tennis Channel. <laughs> okay, we might lose, you know, one or the other. Now the the um, the leverage changes if it's going to be your regional sports network versus tennis channel and you could lose um, Fox Sports Ohio or you could lose your broadcast channel if you're not going to be able to carry both and agree to terms and the pricing on both. So in that sense, it could possibly change your lo the local viewer at home. Um, you may see more scrolls of, you may lose this channel, call your call for your for provider um, to, uh, to save the carriage. So that's one part that could possibly um, uh, affect the viewer. Uh, again, I, like I said, it's going to change the local broadcast agreement um, with the bundling. And, um, you know, it's also going to change. Uh, there's some, um, they want to get into, uh, say, social engagement and the betting aspect of it, which would be interesting, um, which I'm not too fond of exactly because there's a lot of things that they get through with state regulations and stuff and negotiate with sportsbook operators. But if you're not into that and you're watching that, um, it may be something that the viewer's not going to uh, be interested in, um, especially with promoting gambling in any way, shape, or form. Um, you... But really, overall, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead and finish your thought. Well, basically, overall, it's really not going to affect the consumer at home unless you're going to be losing the channel. It's really going to be affecting the way that it's going to be bundling on the back end um, with instead of leveraging off of the other cable networks that Fox would have, it's going to leverage also other broadcast channels that Sinclair owns. Okay. From a programming perspective, do you think anything's going to change here now, no longer having the, the Fox backing? Cause like, I feel like one of the things I noticed when STO was sold to Fox sports was that I really felt like the programming on STO uh, had a real big shift. I felt like prior to that deal, you know, they were airing a lot of, uh, you know, the high school state championships in different sports. They had a lot of Mac games and it was a lot more local stuff. And once they were acquired by Fox sports, it kind of became a channel that was a lot less of any of that with local interest and a lot more of a dumping ground for the fifth, fifth and sixth best games on, uh, you know, from conferences from other parts of the country. Um, and you know, that weren't good enough to get into those prime slots on ESPN. 
And I, I kind of yeah. miss having some of that local stuff. And I'm wondering if we might see more of that moving forward. Yeah. You know, I mentioned that too um, in my article. I think that it, you brought up a great point. They, I think it will open that door for possible um, more local origination across the board because what Fox did and why they were so, so successful when it came to the regionals uh, was that everything was super uniform and the program across the board was uniform. The only, they focused all of their money into the, lo, the live broadcast, which was they considered the pre and the post part of the live uh, broadcast. So even the, um, the in, to the intro music across um, from if you're watching the Cavs or you're watching um, uh, the Bucks, you know, it was, the same intro music um, with that. It's, so in that sense, and, and that's why STO was kind of an outlier when Fox brought it back. If you notice, there was no real other live local programming um, at really any of the other Fox-owned regional sports networks. Um, Drennan Show has been able to um, stick around, which is great because I do think that um, you know local sports do need their own flair. Um, and STO was also a, an outlier when it came to the NFL um, with the Browns and having an agreement locally with the Browns. Um, a lot of regionals that Fox owned did not have that. Um, so again, and they focused all of their energy into the live broadcast. So everything else was Conference USA, it was fishing shows, it was um, uh, poker, uh, syndicated, you know, type of broadcasting. A lot money. of poker. <laughs> a lot of poker. So, um, you know, this, this oh, I, if there's a really good positive out of it. I think that I, I, I hope that it would get it's going to give local talent across the board an opportunity um, to uh, maybe get their chance to get in the door that way because that was something that Fox, you know, they they had their again their talent was their talent for the games and that's about it. So. Um, I think in that sense, yeah, it's going to be a really great opportunity for a lot of local talent, a lot of hopefully local creative ideas, um, creative programming. Um, it would be really great to see them put in um, some of that money into the uh, the local content. So less poker is what you're saying? <laughs> hopefully a lot less poker. You know, I read a couple different things, too. I read that there's a possibility that they could, you know, when STO was, um, first uh, brought back to the Dolans, um, there was talk that maybe the channel should only be on um, operating during baseball season. Actually, they were, I think they were advised, from what I heard, to only have the channel on operating during baseball season because that's all they, that was their only programming. Um, and they went against that, uh, thankfully. Um, and we're able to create their own uh, content across the board throughout the year. Um, and luckily, Fox was able to carry on and keep most of that programming. Um, so there's been talks that Sinclair could possibly do the same thing with some of these. If they only have a certain, only, only have one team in a certain market, would they um, only have, so say if it's a Diamond Sports Group channel in a certain market, like I said, with one team, would they go dark? outside of the season. Um, I don't think that will happen. I think that would, at this day and age, I mean, that was when STO first started and that's what they were advised to do, like I said, but um, I don't see that happening. Do you think there's any, do you, do you think there's any possibility that 
these networks start to make like not huge, but maybe decent size investments in in actual programming. I mean, the, let's be honest, the stuff that they run is not. It's just because they have the airtime, right? And they need to put something on. Do we mm-hmm. see them? Do we see them truly trying to put something on that they think will attract? I mean, that that Indians fan that's that's right is sitting at home on a I don't know a, a random winter evening. The Cavs aren't on, and they don't have anything to watch. Um, they're not going to tune in for poker. Let's be honest. Um, will do we see them investing in like original program that they think will actually attract an audience, or is that? I don't know. Is that maybe too too risky mm-hmm. or too costly and not worth it? That's a. I mean, the fact that there's even a chance that they might, I think, is better than there was zero chance with Fox because that's why you don't see the MAC anymore. That's why you don't see the, the Ohio the high school championships on there anymore. Um, all of those smaller um, agreements for that type of content was um, pushed over. I think Time Warner Sports Channel has some of it. Um, and, you know, the Fox got rid of the crew for a little bit, even though they got, they got them back on STO. Um, but that was their way of cost cutting. I mean, they were getting rid of anything they had to not have to, that did not have to do with live pro sports. Um, so that's what it, it's going to be interesting. I think it does open that door. Um, hopefully, you know, they, they have said, which we hear all the time, that, they're, that they, they want to get into local sports programming. Um, so it's it's possible they might maybe try and dabble. So if, if STO, you know, when when it comes over, chances are they're going to keep everything um, as is. They're probably going to keep John and Show. They're going to keep those type of local uh, programming to see how it does still. Um, and there might be some local sports programming on Sinclair across. I don't know if there is off the top of my head. I don't think that there is. But if there was, they might try and keep some of that. You know, we see some local sports programming on the Browns here. Um, so, I mean, that's a possibility too, that they could keep, um, and, and move some of that, uh, content over to the new RSN. Um, but yeah, it at least opens that door, which that door was closed uh, at Fox. Yeah, I'm sure they're looking for any way possible to get into business with the Browns. Uh, you could put up a brown and orange test pattern on your TV in Cleveland right now, and I think it would draw with how hot, with how hot they are right now. Yeah. Um, do we yeah. uh, do we know um, timing on like when this stuff all switches over, and you know, is there going to come a day here, like maybe during the baseball season or at some point in the next six months, where? Uh, we're going to turn on the channel to, you know, watch an Indians game or maybe in the fall watch a Cavs game and suddenly it's uh, Diamond Sports Network or whatever they call it instead mm-hmm. of uh, Fox Sports Ohio? Yeah, but, you know, that's a good question. I cannot – I have not – I do know um, enough that uh, they've, they've, they've separated the new and old Fox, I think, to a certain extent right now. Um, so they've reorganized, reorganized the new Fox. So the old, so the new, for instance, I know someone there that, um, is no longer that had RSN duties at a national level, no longer does. Um, so that's already been, um, made clear for, for, for this person. But, um, at the regional level, I haven't heard of anything yet. Um, I think it'll be slow. Um, you know, again, this is going to be a, I think a slow rollout for them. Um, and when they do, the rebranding is going to be across the board. I think they also have to find out. I don't think in Cleveland right now any of the team deals 
are up for a very long time. Um, so in that sense, um, I don't think any of that's going to change immediately. Um, I know they're working on a Cubs channel right now in Chicago, um, which is probably their, their bigger focus. So I don't think we're going to see anything immediate. I think it's going to be over time over the year. Um, I have not, outside of that small bit, I have not heard of anything, anything big. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Do they so they just basically inherit all the contracts with the teams that Fox Sports had signed? So like whatever deal Fox had with the Cavs, for example, that just rolls over. That's part of what was purchased in this in this deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there might be some clauses in certain. A lot of teams now um, write in with their agreements have certain part ownership. I mean, th- these contracts are huge, obviously, and there's a ton of legal. Um, uh, jargon in there that, uh, you know, I'm not totally privy to, of course, but um, I do know that, yes, a lot of the, the, the national team deals with Fox, I don't think any of them are up anytime soon, especially locally. Um, you're looking at another, I think, almost 10 years um, from what I've, um, from what I understand that. So in that sense, they're not going to lose um, the broadcast rights um, for the Reds or the Indians this year or next year or for a while. (laughs) So all those people sitting at home, so all those people sitting at home wondering, Hey, does this mean the Cavs or the Indians are finally going to go spend some money? No real movement on that front, right? From a team perspective, which let's be honest, that's what most people listening care about. (laughs) Um, This isn't going to be like last time. I remember when there was a major shift, right? With, with Mm -hmm. their TV arrangement. Everyone was thinking, okay, cool. They got an influx of cash, so now they're going to go spend some money. From a team perspective, this doesn't really have much impact at all, then, right? Yeah, no. I, I mean, unless not from a team impact, no. Um, and I don't think even, and I think even across the board, uh, you know, on that side, Fox was really good with locking up their team deals um, for all the all their teams across the country, long term. And even with with the major providers and the smaller providers too. So the lo- the, the major providers like Spectrum, Directv, um, even all of those, as a, from a consumer standpoint, you're not going to see any type of real huge um, negotiating issues. I don't think just yet. I think they're locked up for for a little bit longer um, on the cable side and the on the network side of negotiating with the cable provider to the team also uh, negotiating with. Um, Sinclair. It's not going to change. And no, there's unfortunately no, unless there's not going to be any real major influx of cash coming like it did um, when Fox bought, um, when Fox bought STO. Well, that is so what you're saying cash. is we should all still enjoy uh, Francisco Lindor. <laughs> while oh, we here can. we go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It all comes full circle to that, I think. To, <laughs> to be fair, I think that, that influx of cash in the uh, STO Fox deal what was that six years ago or whatever got us uh, Nick Swisher and Michael Bourne. So maybe it all works out for the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. That's a really uh, good point. <laughs> Save them from themselves. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I want to shift gears. Uh, ESPN made some uh, headlines of its own with the launch of its over the top service uh, ESPN plus and this is a subscription service. I think it's what, like five bucks a month or something like that. And it's got a whole bunch of programming that is in addition to what you get on 
uh, all the regular ESPN channels. We're coming closer and closer to ESPN, the Ocho, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> for now we got the, yeah. we got the ESPN Plus. Um, uh, what have your impressions of it been so far? Because I think it's kind of an interesting model. Yeah, you know, they really pushed it, obviously, when it first came out, and that's when I really reviewed it. I went through um, every layer of it um, to, to see what exactly what all the hype was about. Um, you know, first of all, it's not it, – it is not – it's not a standalone – I mean, it is – it's not a standalone – it isn't a standalone service. I should make that clear. Um, and it's uh, – they it is four ninety nine a month. I believe the first month is still free, um, but it is it's a whole lot of um, programming. And I I've always said like that's a good thing. It's like people think yeah you have access to like all the sports program programming and it's like yeah that's great. But what if it's all programming I don't even watch? I mean what's the point of it? Yeah, um, I was gonna say just to kind of clarify uh, for you know people who are you know less into the the minutia of this. You know when you're saying standalone service, this isn't like. HBO, uh, their streaming service, which is like in lieu of the the cable channel, where you're getting everything that's on the regular HBO channel that's on cable. This this is like all stuff that's in addition to what's on ESPN's regular cable channels. Yes, exactly. It's not a HBO now fifteen, you know, fourteen ninety nine a month. You get everything. Um, it, it's not like that. I, ESPN has teased that for a long time. And I always thought that this was kind of the initial rollout of of a possibility. And, and when um, when when Disney bought Fox and we thought those RSN RSNs were going to roll over, I thought, oh my God, this is it. This is what's going to build the ESPN Plus standalone. You know, this is what they're going to have. You're going to be able to stream, you know, your local um, your local team. Um, and pay probably, you know, 15 to $20 a month price point is what, you know, I thought when you and I first talked back then, yeah. um, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, they've gone quiet on that, and but they are rolling out the side note, they are rolling out the Disney standalone um, uh, subscription service, uh, which I'm kind of super excited about the inner child in me. <laughs> um, but for the sports end of things, um, yeah, it's just, it's just an add on. If you're a soccer fan, like this is for you huge amount of soccer programming across the board. Um, they did roll it out. The only thing that I, I don't care about ESPN plus is that there's exclusive content on it and I get it. You know, there's kind of other, you know, you can get that now. I think it's like Fox nation is like a, you know, an additive. Um, it's a couple of extra dollars a month to get some extra programming. I think AMC did it as well. Um, uh, to get extra program, you pay a couple extra dollars a month. That's what I, this is what it kind of, it, it is, except um, they rolled it out last year with college football um, and they made certain games only available on ESPN plus. Mm -hmm. um, so they took games off of um, ESPN two and ESPN U and ESPN three and put it onto the ESPN plus. Um, so, which made it tougher. You had to pay obviously, um, to watch any of the games, especially like the, the map here. Yeah. Um, so, which that'll be interesting. Another side note, I don't think ESPN got bought back there at the um, Mid-American Conference. So that those games are moving um, and they're launching the ACC network. Hmm. Um, 
so that'll be interesting for college football fans, um, especially for the Mac. But um, so for ESPN Plus, so if it says, if you're looking at a schedule, a football schedule, and it says it, it's ESPN Plus and it's going to be exclusive to ESPN Plus. If it says it's going to say, if it says ESPN3, it's going to be exclusive to ESPN3. However, they might take some ESPN3 games and simulcast them on a linear network or a local broadcast network. Some of them are able to do that too. Um, but the ESPN app is where it, you're going to go in to find the ESPN Plus programming. Obviously, again, it's not a separate um, app that you can download outside of the ESPN app. That's interesting that you mentioned the Mac deal because that, that was kind of the one thing that I, I've grumbled about a little bit because, you know, they, as, as a network, really sank a lot of money into the Mac, I felt like with they when they announced this deal about probably four or five years ago now, where they were, you know, working with all of the schools in the conference to install these, you know, broadcast capabilities and all this high level equipment to, you know, produce broadcasts for all the football and basketball games and mm-hmm. some of the Olympic sports as well. And it was supposed to the idea was that these were going to end up being just as good as, um, you know. Or, or at least close to a reasonable facsimile of, of their regular broadcast, and they would all be available. It is. <laughs> anyway, so Sinclair, yes. like we were saying. Yeah, Tom, you got cut off, and I don't know at this our, point. Yeah, so anyway, some technical difficulties, but where I was going with that before was that the Mac had all these games on ESPN uh, on their streaming platforms for free, and then they moved them into the ESPN Plus, uh, you know, behind that paywall or whatever. And I don't really feel like the production value on uh, some of these games, um, it was something I was kind of fine with when they were free, but I'm looking at them. It's like a, on a pay level, I'm like, I kind of expect a little bit more. So I'm, I've, I've been a little disappointed by that. But uh, as you were saying, uh, Holly, for um, – for soccer, uh, good friends of mine, uh, family friends, they've got uh, their son plays in uh, MLS in Montreal. And obviously you're not getting uh, Montreal impact games here in uh, Cleveland otherwise. So uh, it's been mm-hmm. fantastic for them um, being able to, you know, see all his games uh, from out of uh, his home market. So um, mm-hmm. I, I can see where there are pluses and, uh, and minuses there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Like I said, definitely the soccer, the soccer fan, is probably rejoicing with all the and um, I think some rugby if you're a rugby fan as well. Um, one good thing about ESPN Plus is the 30 for 30 library. Um, though if you're into sports docs, um, which there's and there's some great ones that you have if you haven't been able to watch yet, um, the whole library is available, um, which is really neat. So if you're into that, um, that might be worth it to catch up on some. Um, and you're also able to I think if you start a game, you're able to just uh, start it from the beginning and rewatch it from the beginning, which is kind of nice, um, you know, kind of takes off the, the, the DVR type aspect. Um, so, you know, and there's some good and, good and bad. It'll be interesting to see what they put now on ESPN plus broadcast um, for football season this year uh, coming up. We'll All right. So since you, since you mentioned the, uh, you know, some of the features when you're watching games and things like that, good segue point. Um, I'm as I've got the NBA finals on here in the background, I'm seeing all sorts of commercials for YouTube TV. Uh, I just switched to that a couple months back. Um, and it's, you know, just one of uh, 
a lot of these uh, streaming providers, you know, they're replacing traditional cable. I think you did a story for Awful announcing a couple months back that was kind of comparing all of them, uh, maybe from the sports fan perspective. Um, have you tried some of the different uh, providers that are uh, out there now? I know we've got like DirecTV now. I think there's, uh, what's the PlayStation one? PlayStation View. Um, mm-hmm. There might be a, what, Sling, I think is the other one. I, any sort of a feel, um, pros and cons, one of those, uh, you know, come out better than the others? Yeah, I mean, actually, if I had to choose one, I think YouTube TV is right now the best option, so you, you chose well. Um, but really, they're all pretty comparable. Um, I myself have direct TV now, um, but I started with Sling TV. Um, and so I, I can start kind of go through each one, but now I have direct TV now. So direct TV now, um, I, I went to, I've been, I've had direct TV now for, I think about almost two years, maybe at this point. Um, and it's great for, um, I'm also an AT&T phone subscriber, phone wireless subscriber. So, um, customer, I should say not subscriber. Um, so with that, I get a discount of $15 off a month of my direct TV now bill because I have AT&T as my, uh, phone, um, provider. And, but you have to have the um, unlimited data, um, which probably most people do, I assume, at this point in this day and age. But um, so I get $15 off a month my DirecTV Now bill, which is great. Um, but what made me write this is because I was paying, technically, my um, package was 85 channels. Um, I get HBO for free as well because I have AT&T as my phone, which is another great perk. Um, and I was paying with my discount $40 a month great. Um, it ended up going up $10, which is a pretty decent hike. Um, not that $40 to $50 is a huge, obviously, um, increase, but, you know, your your bill for cable would go up, you know, maybe a couple dollars here and there. Um, and they gave me a fair warning and everything. Um, but the package now, so if, if you were to try to go into DirecTV now and get what I have, it's about $110 now a month oh, wow. for the 85 channels. So, um, I've been grandfathered into this, um, so it's technically $65 a month um, without my discount, and now I'm, um, but now I pay 50 obviously, with mine, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, so that, that's when I started to shop a little bit to see, okay, like, is it worth me leaving? Um, so with DirecTV now, I'm getting, you know, the 85 channels, um, but if you're looking to possibly move just as a, outside of being a new subscriber, I think you get your first month free. Um, you get a decent amount of DVR storage. You get HBO, um, but you do not get, um, unlike their most ba- basic package for 50 bucks a month, you're not getting Big Ten Network. You're not getting um, ESPNU or News. Um, you're not getting Fox Sports 2. Again, there's some programming that's worth it on those channels. Um, you'd have to move up to the next couple packages on DirecTV now um, to move up. Um, another one is Hulu Live. Um, they do a one week free program, um, promo, um, or they were, I don't know if they're still doing that right now, but usually those stick around. Um, it's $45 a month for the basic package. You're getting about 60 channels. You're getting a couple screens and you're getting a huge amount of DVR storage, like 50 hours compared to the 20 on direct TV now. And you're getting the fullest ESPN suite. You're getting big 10 network. You're getting all your regional sports networks. Um, so Hulu Live is actually another um, great option. YouTube TV, how much you have? Um, 
about 40 bucks a month. Is that what you're paying? Well, that's what I was paying for the first two months I had paying. it. And then so what are you paying now? I'm interested 50, to hear. Because I got the same price hike that you got. Um, and I, I, I was a little miffed because it was, I think about a month ago, we got an, an email saying that it was going up 10 bucks a month because they were adding HGTV and a whole bunch of other channels that I will absolutely never watch. And there was really no option for uh, getting out of that. Um, don't get me wrong. Fixer Upper is a, uh, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines is perfectly fine uh, background noise while I'm uh, on the elliptical. On got canceled. Oh. Well, not canceled, but they stopped making it. Well, I was they still run that. They they must be reruns then, because I when I'm at the gym, that's like uh, my go-to when when I'm on the elliptical. But um, yeah, it's yeah, I was gonna, not, I nothing thought, I want to. I be, thought it was still on too. <laughs> I was going to say it's nothing I want to be paying ten bucks a month for. And uh, right. yeah, that was that was a little rough. And I was kind of like, you know, the, the whole point of going away from traditional cable was getting the, the skinny bundle that is only the channels I want and not the ones I don't care about. And I'm like, wow, they wasted no time getting real comfortable with the model that they were supposed to be replacing. But mm-hmm. I, I will say with YouTube TV, one of the things that's awesome is if you're watching a game on your iPad, they'll, you know, you can if you don't have the screen maximized, you know, on the side, they'll have live stats going with the game. But if you're watching a game on a delay, you're watching it later, the stats that they put up on the screen are in sync with where you're at in the game. So it's not like you have to worry about having the outcome spoiled uh, by what they're showing on there, which I thought was pretty cool. And the other thing that's always nice with that is you don't have to like manually set it to um, record extra time. It just automatically goes long if the game runs long. So, you know, you're never going to, you know, have overtime cut off, um, which is a huge bonus. And, uh, and I, I would say I, I like it and it, it's been nice uh, jumping over to this from regular cable. I had UVerse, I think for probably about seven or eight years. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy with what I got, but yeah, getting uh, that $10 a month increase, uh, almost immediately after making the switch was kind of rough. Yeah. I mean, I feel like these are becoming the new cable bundle because of the way that they're packaging things. And like you said, because they, they, they finally, you know, they're, they're adding HGTV and other programming that, you know, the cost goes up. So yeah, I mean, right now, like my $85 channel package um, is now $110 a month. I mean, what's the difference of, you could actually probably get it cheaper now on going to right to direct TV itself, the satellite, <laughs> you yeah. know, instead of going to the streaming service. So, yeah, I mean, that was going through this and I was like, wow, everywhere has pretty much increased um, for, if you're a sports fan, I mean, you're, you're going to have to go above the, just the average basic package um, with every streaming service. The only one that I think you could really cherry pick if you really don't, um, if there's certain channels you just won't watch is still fling because you know, they have orange and blue package, and that's kind of how they started it. And it was like um, orange was, um, I believe, the ESPN um, channels, and then the blue was the Fox cha- channel. So it was kind of like you could kind of pick and choose um, between those two. Um, but uh, – and there, I think it's only – it's $25 for both for the first three months, which is pretty bad. I think it's like 40% off or something right now. Um, and then it goes up to $40 a month, um, which isn't bad after three months. Um, so, like, for um, for Orange, 
um, you're getting, I'm looking this up right now, I'm right in front of me. Yeah, you can add on for $10 a month MLB Network, MLB Strike Zone, NBA TV, which isn't too bad. For, on the blue, you can add uh, most of those channels as well. Um, also, you can add Golf Channel on there. Um, if you have both orange and blue, you get all the sports add-ons for $10 a month. So there's, I mean, the Sling TV, I think, is the one that you can really do a little bit more cherry picking and more a la carte than any other of the streaming services. Um, I feel like this will also go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I feel like broadly it, whether it's sling or it's YouTube TV or, or Hulu or any of these guys, I, I feel like this is kind of established enough now as a medium and as a service in general, that this is the way it's going. And it, I wasn't sure for a while, like what, the next iteration of TV was going to look like, but it, it feels like, you know, overall we've got a kind of, this is the model that, that is going to kind of take hold here over the next five to 10 years. Do you agree with that? Or am I uh, off base here? No, I mean, I, it definitely is. I mean, look how much has changed already. You know, when I started in the, the, um, that side of the business that I worked on and it was affiliate sales at the time, and then it became distribution um, across the board for all the different networks. But when I first started, it was, it was so easy um, to negotiate and it was all the channels you could pick and choose from with the, with the providers of what they wanted to carry and what they didn't. And they could pretty much carry things anywhere they wanted on any different tier, any different tier. And, you know, the lifeline tier is where everyone wants to be. It's where the most subscribers are. Um, and, uh, you know, but we were able to, um, negotiate so much easier with the cable companies about where channels landed and the price we had, a, we had a, uh, it was almost like buying a car, you know, you walk in and you say, this is the, the this is the price of the car and you start to negotiate back and forth. And, you know, the dealer's going to have a, a, the number that they can't go below, you know? Um, and you're, you're negotiating through that and we got a high number and we got a low number and it was get the deal done. Um, as time went on, that entire model went out the window, uh, and it was, you're going to carry this at this price, um, or you're going to lose this channel with it. Um, or you're going to have to move this down to a more penetrated tier that's going to see more viewers because that means more money, um, or you're going to lose it. So that's why streaming it's why the cable bundle started to fall to the wayside and streaming services um started to pop up and um networks got on board and um with a lot of these streaming services and the streaming services are paying a lot of money to the networks but that's that's only going to last so long i mean we're already now a couple years in we're already seeing this type of trend of the pricing going up like this um so you know i, I think it's going to change it's going to continue to change a lot the prices are still going to continue to go up um and like I said earlier, is that I think with Sinclair kind of coming into play with this, it's going to open up a lot of different doors with negotiation when it comes to broadcasting. Because right now, you can't, um, there are no network agreements right now that allows um, any type of regional sports network on a broadcast package. So say if you're, uh, I think it's like a Time Warner, I say Time Warner, boy, um, that's dating myself, Spectrum. Um, I think it's $15 or $20 a month. You can get like a, a 12 to 15 channels. You know, you're getting your broadcasting channels, you're getting a couple family channels. If they were to try and throw a regional sports network on there, there's just no way they'd be able to do that because it's going to trigger so many other um, 
agreements to where, um, like any other sports channel is going to say, wait a second, you know, you're going to put a regional sports network on there, then you got to put my channel on there too. You can't, ESPN, for instance, would say, wait a second, you can't do that. Um, so if Sinclair decides to do that and um, open up all their entire negotiations to, that could change the whole landscape of what you're going to see as a, as a um, or what you're going to be able to have access to as a viewer. Um, and maybe they're going to be the ones that start some type of standalone um, streaming service for sports with, with all of that content. Um, you know, as far as I understand, too, um, the Fox Sports Go is um, going to stay as is. It'll probably just be rebranded because it's rent. the back end is BAM Tech, I believe, which is MLB. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not going to change um, on that end. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the land, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of play it because they could really change some of the negotiating tactics um, and where they're going to air the games. Um, if they do decide to bring games onto broadcasts, and that's their what they're touting now is trying to make things more affordable. And but again, I think a lot of these networks that go into this thinking the regional sports network business is an easy one, um, and it's not. It can get expensive very, very quickly. And look where we are now with the the rising cost of programming um, in the streaming services. Yeah, I mean it's crazy to think about just how much things have changed since you and I talked about all this TV stuff uh, a year and a half ago. And um, <laughs> who knows if we do this yeah. again in another year and a half, uh, uh, time will tell where, uh, where things are at. But uh, mm-hmm. Holly, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, uh, to join us here and, uh, you know, kind of break it all down. A lot, lot happening here on the, on the TV side of things. There are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. And I think, I mean, really at the end of the day, I think it's good for I've always been a big proponent on content costs money, you know, and it does. I mean, it's a form of entertainment across the board, um, just like music or, um, you know, stuff like that. That costs money um, to create. So I've always been a proponent for paying for content because I really believe that you should. I think people, the things that people spend their money on um, and and they they tend to – complain about uh, programming and I get it. it. It gets very, very expensive. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, the more we demand, the more that they want to, they want to put out there. Um, but we're going to have to pay for it. Are there limits to it? Of course, there's going to be limits to it. Um, but it'll be interesting, like I said, to see how Sinclair kind of takes hold of this and if they stay true to their word and decide to try and actually make it more affordable and hopefully it does open up those doors at a local level for, um, original programming on top of it well they're going to give you plenty to write about over on awful announcing and i would encourage everybody to uh, to go check out holly's work over there uh, you can follow her on twitter at holly and liz and uh, as for us we are on uh, facebook.com uh, slash the nail podcast we are at the nail podcast on twitter and of course go subscribe on apple podcasts google podcasts we are on the TuneIn app and Stitcher. And, of course, you can stream us on waitingfornextyear.com. Thanks again to Holly Wetzel of Awful Announcing for joining us on uh, this episode. For Travis Shuley, I'm Tom Valentino. It's been The Nail in the Coffin, and we'll catch you again real soon. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. 
You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.